Hey, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, we'd love to help you start, scale, or automate your tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to $1 million plus months, and would love to be able to help you too. So click the link in the show notes if you're interested in getting some support and joining an epic community of legends in the academy. We'd also appreciate if you're loving the podcast to leave a review. It helps us reach more people and help more tradies like you run successful businesses. All right, let's get into it. We got Brandon Marshall here. How you going, Brandon? Good, man. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, dude. Super pumped to see what you location you find there to be the best location of the morning. That's all right, mate. I have got us at my local swimming lake here. Um, so this is the, <laughs> this is a cricket round across there. Over here, we've got our swimming lake. So this is where all the locals come, cool off in the summer. Oh, so, cool. It's a pretty nice place down here. It's good. It's a bit quiet at the moment, so I thought it'd be a good spot. Tell everyone that doesn't know where you're from, where you are at the moment. So I live in Narracourt, which is in South Australia. Um, it is halfway between Adelaide and Melbourne, essentially. So small town, population of about 8,000 people. Um, yeah. four, four hours drive from Adelaide and then five hours from Victoria. So based in South Australia, but the Victoria border is like 10 minutes in that direction. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool, man. So um, really pumped to have you on and just find out a little bit more about you. So you're currently in the Peak Performance Program and so we're going to be doing a bunch of interviews and you're the first uh, of just your journey, man, like as an electrician, nice. why you got into becoming an electrician, uh, when you started business, love to learn about you and your life, dude, and that's what this is all about. Sounds good, man. Cool. So when did you start becoming a Yeah. Yeah. So straight all out of high man. school. Um, I was actually based in Townsville in Queensland. Um, uh, I did my apprenticeship for three years at Townsville Airport. So I was doing a lot of um, industrial maintenance, a lot of conveyor belts, um, that kind of stuff, like three-phase motors, all PLCs, control gear, stuff that I didn't understand as an apprentice at all, but, you know, I got to work yeah. on it, which was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I worked there for about three years uh, and then just as I was turning into a fourth-year apprentice, um, I met a girl when because I was originally from this place in Narracourt and I came back here for a holiday and I met a girl. Um, fell in love with her and I'm married her now, but yeah, decided I had to move back here. Um, <laughs> so got, in a, got a, a company here to transfer my apprenticeship, took me on, um, and I worked for them for three years and they were pretty good to me. They were, they were a good company to work for. Um, but unfortunately, the contract that I was doing for them... Um, dried up a lot so they had to make me redundant um so trying to uh, starting my own business i called it supreme electrical was a bit more of a necessity over everything else um i didn't have a job and i needed some work and so yeah decided to i had friends and family that were had plenty of work for me um just to keep me ticking along and so i started up the business and started doing that and we've grown from there um yeah, cool yeah so so, you, so growing up in narracourt so actually jump it back in your van. It is quite windy. Um, uh, sorry, man. That's okay. So um, with uh, growing up in Narracourt, like what was it like there growing up? So I didn't actually grow up in Narracourt. I was in a nearby town called Kingston. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that's a beachside town. It's, it's almost like a retirement town. So it's very slow. There wasn't a heap of young people. Anyone that's there was either a fisherman or a farmer. Um, so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't very much uh city oriented it was it was very quiet most of our activities would be you know out on a farm on motorbikes or camping or something like that um rather than 
yeah, what uh, whatever kids did in the city. So <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we're outdoors people a lot. Um, so yeah. I've always grown up. I grew up on a farm. Um, so that's where a bit of the work ethic came from, um, I guess. And, and just, yeah, a bit of determination, even when times are tough, you still have to survive through stuff. And, and that was passed down from my father to me. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I, I remember uh, I went to Guildford Grammar. It was like an old boys school, but it was where in Perth. And that's where a lot of the farmers sent their uh, kids to go to school, boarding school. And the farmer boys, yeah, they were, they were good fun and they were good at sport and they're hardworking. So tell me, yeah. tell me what it's like growing up on a farm what sort of farm was it uh so it was sheep and cattle um yeah we it wasn't a huge farm or anything but um it was yeah it was different like as a farm kid the only thing you want to do is live in town with all your friends um but all your friends in town want to live out on a farm with motorbikes and and stuff like that so it was it was quite good we were about 20 minutes i think away from town um so growing up there was uh it was, it wasn't too bad. You know, your friends could still come and visit you and it wasn't too much of an effort to, to come out and things like that. So we kind of had the best of both worlds, um, living so close to town as well as also on a farm. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. good stuff. Yeah. Sick. So what, what did you say are the biggest lessons you learned growing up like that? I think just determination, um, just to get through stuff like, uh, things are always going to be hard in your life. Like you're always going to come up against roadblocks, but there's always going to be a way through it. And it's just, like pushing through until you find that way um i I think you know some of the harder times when when there's droughts and things like that uh thankfully we weren't affected too hard in this area when all those were going through but you hear a lot of your family and friends and stuff who are involved in that really do get hit really hard with it um you know and it can even be other things like wildfires or, or anything like that coming through that can on a farm life can can really just yeah, throw everything, all your plans out the window and, and you have to adapt and overcome. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's something that I guess I've, I've been through, like grown up in and, and now go through my whole life. So I guess I'm transferring that into a business sense now and, and doing it in my own business. Yeah. So, so, um, so relative to the way business is, it's always ups and downs and cycles and the environmental impact or like for a farmer, I'd imagine, you know, the environmental impact would be something similar to, you know, the, the economic impact of different things. So we've just been slammed with coronavirus and I know it affects everyone, but it's, there's the sort of things that you're learning as a kid, you know, on a farm, it's like you're learning business lessons there already, which is cool. Absolutely. And it, it just like, it's just things that are always out of your control. Like you can't, you can't control the weather. You can't control so many things. And, and in business, it comes back to the same stuff as well. You're going to have customers that you can't control when they want to cancel the job last thing. And you end up with all the stuff in your back seat or, uh, <laughs> you know, th- things like that. Like business just throws curveballs at you all the time. So yeah, it's, it, I, I feel very fortunate to have grown up how I have um, and coming from, you know, my parents have always been hard workers, so they pass that down to me. And so, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate the, the upbringing that I had. Yeah, cool. So transferring into your apprenticeship um, and going into the type of work that you did, like, what, what, what was it like? Do you remember what it was like as a first year? I remember what it was like, like getting oh, thrown in, like obviously going into what you did as well. What did yeah. that feel like? Yeah, so so it was a bit funny because we moved up to Townsville. My dad started to get a bit sick of farming. So we moved up to Townsville after a holiday up there. Um, and so I had to finish my high schooling up there. And I didn't know what to do because when I was younger, I always thought I was going to be a farmer. Um, and so then we'd moved to the city and I didn't really, like I'd, I'd started to 
adapt to that lifestyle, I guess. And so when it came to picking my career choice after high school, I decided I wanted to work with my hands. I wanted to still be a hard worker. And so I was looking at all the trade options and decided either a plumber or electrician would be what I wanted to do. Um, and I was talking to my father about it and he was just opened up the newspaper and there was an ad right there that said electrical apprenticeship at the Townsville airport. He said, just apply for it, see what happens. So I did, they called me and within a week I was, I was thrown in the deep end. Um, so awesome. first day on the job, um, there was a major breakdown on the uh, conveyor belts, um, which is like luggage, like takes all the luggage from when you check it in, it disappears through those little rubber flaps and goes up the conveyor belt so it was a major breakdown for the Qantas Airlines um, baggage right at the peak time when they had three flights coming in so first day on the job they're just yelling at me to grab tools that I'd never heard of before like I had no idea what a multimeter was I hadn't I hadn't looked into I haven't done a pre-apprenticeship or anything like that I hadn't even done work experience I just got this job out of nowhere because I came in confident and they were happy with that and that's all they wanted like um, so yeah thrown in the deep end crawling through all this catwalk and um, motors and things like that and just thinking like is this what it's like every day this is just hectic but I'd Lounge. Done, yeah that's it people but yelling just, yeah but yeah it was a major breakdown so once we got that sorted it was a really cruisy apprenticeship like actually got to know the guys really well on the first day because you work in like close quarters um, there was a mechanical apprentice because I had mechanical apprentices he'd started it was his first day as well um, and so for half the day we were just throwing luggage from one conveyor belt to another that was working just to get it down to the other end of the airport. Um, so I got to know him pretty well. And, you know, it's just that throwing, I guess it's, you know, your baptism by fire, you're, you're chucked in the deep end. It's that's worst case scenario of that job. Um, and so from then on, I think that was a really good first day in the way of what to expect. Um, yeah. So in that kind of maintenance role of, for an apprenticeship, it's there, there's not always something like immediate that has to be done so it's a fairly cruisy job as long as you're keeping up with your maintenance schedule but as soon as a breakdown happens it's all hands on deck even if you're at home in the middle of dinner you're coming in to fix this airport so yeah 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 um, like hypercritical like to get it all sorted i um i remember working in the hospital it would be a sort of similar similar sort of situation we're doing fire systems in the hospitals and when we weren't doing anything that was a problem it's just so slow and so like Oh, now we're going to go to this room and just replace this yeah. detector head that says it's dirty. Like, yeah. like the guy I used to work with used to walk so slowly. It was just like, fucking hell, man. Come on, pick up the pace. Because like, I don't need to. I'm going to have like an hour long lunch and then an hour long smoker. And you're like, man, this is yeah. so boring. That's <laughs> but it. Then some, a young guy. something happened. Yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah. Young guys, full of energy. You're sort of sitting there going, I didn't know you could walk this slow, but you know, it does. <laughs> yeah. They've been in that role for 30 plus years and they've got a good gig, so they're not moving on. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly that one. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Sweet. So, when I um, got back into the, like, you got your apprenticeship finished off and then you come back and you're working in town. So, what was it like changing from the airport environment into the work that you got into? Yeah, so that was a massive shock to me. So um, I went from luxury airport maintenance role doing, you know, not much at all on, on the day-to-day -day and just learning about all three phase and PLCs and motors and all that to swapping completely and starting on the domestic end of things, um, primarily in construction, um, doing new homes. And that's a complete culture shift. You know, there's different kinds of trades. It's all push. It's all shove. 
Um, and I realized just how little I actually knew about electrical as a third year. Um, you know, I knew how to fix that airport, like the back of my hand, but you know, ask me how to wire in a light circuit. I couldn't tell you what a switch wire was. Um, you know, those kind of things. So it took me, I was, I was really, um, thankful that the company, they knew exactly what they were getting into hiring me that I didn't know any of the domestic stuff. Um, but they put me through my paces and, and got me up to scratch really quickly. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, definitely a massive culture shift, changing industries, changing whole location, changing States. Like got moving from Queensland back to regional South Australia, went from city back to country again. Um, it was, yeah, huge. I, I didn't know what was going on really. There was a couple months where it was just a bit of a blur, um, with, with my whole life, not really knowing what happened. Um, but all of a sudden here I am in this other job and, yeah, I, I guess I very quickly fell in love with construction. Um, I loved the new houses. It was really clean work. It was, I wouldn't say easy work because it can get pretty hard, but it was just structured and, and I liked the yeah. structure about it. Yeah. And seeing something come together, eh? Like instead of just doing maintenance where you're doing the same thing pretty much every day and you, every 10 years they get a new conveyor belt or a new, yeah. you know, new addition building, um, actually seeing something come to full construction finish uh condition for you know within a year it's pretty cool yeah that's exactly right and like in the maintenance role you were just fixing something that someone else had installed and even when we were doing upgrades they they would get contractors in because it would be a um uh classed as a asset upgrade so we couldn't do the work ourselves it had to be uh contractors to come and do the work so i never did any new installs at all at that job i was only doing maintenance so seeing yeah. something come together from the ground up that we built that we ran the power in from the street we wired the whole thing start to finish and then handing it over to a customer and seeing a massive smile on their face that i fell in love with that just seeing the reaction of your customer when you do a wicked job and they get what you know their dreams come to life for them yeah yeah for sure cool so when when you went out on your own what was what was it like there so you got put out of work and you had not anything else to do i guess that's a little bit different to what I, the way i started business because i was like as soon as i finish i'm going to be running my own business I'm, i was dying for it but um so you're sort of like you had no other choice so what was that like yeah so i was fortunate that i had already done the contractors course um i had always been interested in running my own business one day but i wasn't anywhere near ready for it so my plan was to keep working and learning from these guys as much as i could and then you know when the time came once i was settled down in life i would decide and swap start my own business um but because of just the way that their contracts went their builder that they were working for uh lost a lot of work um and unfortunately yeah that that just meant i had to you know, feed myself, look after myself and look after my partner at the time as well. Um, so I, as soon as I got made redundant, I registered my business. I, um, even while I was still working, I had two weeks notice, um, registered the business. I went and bought out a builder's trailer. Uh, I went and bought just the minimum tools that I needed because I didn't have any cash behind me. I'd just gotten married uh, a couple months ago and spent all of my money on my wedding and my honeymoon. Um, so I didn't have any backing behind me. So I was just freak out like massive panic um and yeah. just bought the bare minimum that i needed started messaging all my family and friends saying hey going out on my own do you need any work done I'm, i've got you know endless opportunity like endless bookings let me know when you want um 
And one of my cousins at the time was about to do a massive reno on her house. And so she messaged me back and said, well, I've got another quote from this Sparky, um, but you know, your family. So do you want to come and do the job? And I'm happy just to, you know, swap to you. And so I said, yeah, sure. Send me the quote. And uh, I just want to see what he's quoted for you. And I looked at the quote and immediately just thought that's huge money. Like <laughs> I've never seen a quote that big in my life. I was thinking half of that when I was originally thinking about it. Um, and since then going through and learning about business and, and what to actually charge, I realized it was actually nowhere near enough. I, I lost money on that job. He would have lost mm. money on that job. Um, but in this area where, where we live, people are quite cheap still because they're just, they don't move forward um, yeah. easily. People don't like change. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how the expectation of what someone should charge is, is pretty much set for years and years and years. Like, I was like in the incubator where I shared the inflation, just inflation alone. Someone that was charging $90 an hour back in 2000 is equivalent to $135 an hour today. Yes. $140 an hour today or something like that. Um, just, just inflation, which is the living cost. So like so many electricians are just living, uh, electrical business owners are running their business like they're in 19, you know, 2000, you know, year 2000. Um, so it's pretty nuts. Yeah, that's right. Um, what, one thing I've always struggled with is what to charge. It's, it's, I, I'd say for about 12 months, I way undercharged myself. I was not making money and I was still struggling to make ends meet. And I always just thought it was because I had a rough start. I didn't have any money behind me when I started. Um, and it was shortly after that that I realized I needed to make a change. And that's when I joined the Success Academy because I'd been seeing all your ads on Facebook and, and I saw Andrew Sly's ad um, about jumping between subbies and it was similar to what I've been doing. And I think you need to give Andrew Sly a bit of commission because from what I heard, he's, he's gotten you a lot of guys coming on board. But <laughs> <laughs> he, um, yeah, it was his ad that made me interested and I undernarred about it for about three or four months. Um, and then I just put, uh, yeah, then I decided I jumped on your website and went on there and then um, uh, Ricky called me and, and got me on board then. So since then and going through the incubator, going through all the sessions and everything, I've, I've realized, yeah, so much more about what my hourly rate is, what my actual worth is. Um, you know, it's, it's not only business development, but it's personal development as well. It's realizing that, you know, the life that I want to live isn't going to be done by chucking a PowerPoint in for 50 bucks cash, you know? So yeah, it's uh, the Academy through that session, uh, that, that sense has, increased my business so much since just starting let alone starting the incubator or peak performers yeah amazing man that's oh, so cool so 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 awesome watching you, you grow and you know seeing your, your growth over the last couple of months has just been awesome it's been, go- hectic. Yeah, it's been hectic it's been hectic it has <laughs> um so where how long ago did you start business i was just trying to work that out just before we jumped on the podcast because i knew you'd ask me um and I think it's been about four years now um, that I've been running this. Yep. So uh, it was four years in April coming. So yeah, pretty much, uh, sorry, five years in April. So it's four and a half years that I've been running now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we've come a long way in that four and a half years. Yeah. That's so good. So how, how many uh, guys you got in your team now? I've got three guys working for me now. Um, yep. So I had one who's been with me for two years. Um, he was, I put him on as a first year apprentice. Um, and yeah, so he's been going through that 
with me then. And then I've got two other guys, which I've only just put on. I put one on when I did the incubator because we looked at my numbers and realized we needed another guy on. Uh, and then yep. I've just recently put another one on um, since starting peak performers. We looked at my numbers again and it was exactly the same as when I needed the guy the last time. So yeah, I went and chucked another one on. So <laughs> Amazing. And how's yeah. that, how's that helped in terms of your ability to grow the business since doing that? So much. I, the the mental freedom i guess of putting guys on each time i put a guy on i usually do it after i realize i'm thinking more through how to do a job rather than how to get the job i guess so when yeah. i start thinking about you know a job that i've quoted up and, and i'm thinking oh the guys will run you know 2.5 okay with it i start going through that and i realize i don't need to worry about that i've got guys that can do that for me as part of their job i just need to worry about how much it's you know going to cost and and getting the customer there their end goal um yeah so the the mental freedom of just freeing up half of not worrying about how to do work just how to get work was a huge huge weight lifted off my shoulders um i just the, yeah even after the first guy even though he was a first year apprentice it just felt better not having to think everything through um I, I wasn't sleeping at night for so long and now i'm i'm starting to get so much more sleep uh even yeah even though i've got young kids that wake me up all the time i'm still feeling a lot more rested because i just get that mental break um yeah and just not having to go to every single job uh that that was the massive eye-opener for me like i've I'm now completing jobs that I haven't even seen because you've got taught me how to quote over the phone, um, you know, and assess jobs over the phone and then get the guys to work it out once they get to the site sort of thing. Um, so it, that was so surreal to me is that I've got clients who love our business, love me, love our work, and I've never met them. I've only talked to them on the <laughs> phone. I've never seen the house. I don't know what they look like. I could be passing them down the street every day and I wouldn't even know it. Um, They'll be so that's that, Brendan. That's the guy. That's the yeah, guy. His that's business. It. And I just keep walking on my own way. They're just like, yeah, no, that, yep, whoever you are. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for your money. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was awesome. Um, and then the leverage of not having to be on the tools all the time to be able to actually work on the business, not in the business and start mm -hmm. growing it, start building our online footprint, start, you know, talking, building networks, doing a marketing funnel, doing everything that I want to do on, on the other end of it instead of, crawling through roofs all day every day i can now actually have a bit more freedom in my life yeah 100 percent. so i'd love to hear have you got any like examples or times in your past since running a business that almost scarred you or have been really difficult to get through yeah i'd definitely say there's been a few jobs and moments and times where yeah you almost wonder why you're doing it um and you want to give up and, and get through it so I can just remember as soon as you said it, I just had this bit of PTSD almost flashback. Um, we, we were just doing this, this one house. Yeah, that's it. That it, it was just after I took, picked up this new builder um, and I was trying to impress him and his clients and just do the best job you can as, as you always do uh, when you pick up a new client and the house that we were doing, the customer was just a nightmare and they kept having last minute changes and me still being new to business. This was even before I joined the Academy. I didn't know how to approach the changes and I didn't know how to do the variations because I wanted to keep this builder, but I was on the verge of losing $20,000 um, to this job because she just kept sinking more changes, kept sinking, like changing her mind, wanting us to do more, saying she wasn't happy with some of the things we'd done. Um, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was at that moment, we just also had my first child. Um, and so I was just, 
freaking out. I didn't have any cash flow behind me, so I couldn't wear these costs. I couldn't, didn't know how to talk to this customer and say, you can't keep doing this. I didn't know how to talk to the builder to say we need to do variations for it. It was just, I had no idea what I was doing. I was thrown in the deep end and um, I ended up wearing the costs of that job um, at the start and realizing that that was it. I had no money left. I had, I had to pay the, the one guy that I had employed at the time and I just didn't know how I was even going to pay my wholesaler bill. Um, so my wholesaler bill got locked out because I went past my uh, 30 days. And so I couldn't buy anything um, to keep working oh, to make shit. more money. Um, and I actually ended up just having to go to the builder and say, look, I'm on the verge of shutting down. I, I copped so much on that job that I've lost all of my money and I don't think I can keep doing your work anymore. And he said, well, why didn't you come and talk to me about it? And I was like, well, I, I just thought this is how this industry went. And he said, no, you're an idiot. Like, tell me what you're out and we'll pay it. We'll get it out of the customer. And so I actually sat down, had a really good meeting with him. Um, oh. Got my money straight away. Um, like the next day he transferred me just cash just to keep me floating. Like not cash, but, you know, just transferred me an amount yeah, just to yeah. get me through. Um, and yeah, that was since then, that's Builder and I have built this really great relationship um, cause he's, he's an older fellow who's been in business for years and years. Uh, and so knows what he's doing and he's mentored me a lot on that side of stuff as well. Um, but that dealing with that customer at that point in time, like I didn't want to talk, I didn't want to answer my phone to anyone cause I didn't know if she, she was calling me from different numbers and things like that when I would start screening her calls. Cause I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And then I wasn't sleeping at night cause we had a newborn who was waking up four to five times a night and yeah. you know, it was all that new business. Like just had a new hire. So I was trying to work out how to be a boss as well. And there was so much going on in my life that I just, I was too stressed out to the max and, and I just didn't want to be in business anymore, but I kept pushing through. I kept going for it. Um, uh, yeah, didn't didn't know what to do, but that was that was how we got through. So it's the yeah. farmer in you, man. The that's farmer. that's it. The the blood <laughs> came out. The the farmer had to put on my overalls and get to work. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just so crazy how like cause I've done it too. I know I've coached so many people now who are just too scared to talk to someone about price. It's like oh, yeah. I put my quote in, and it's it's not what I said, but I'll do it anyway. You know, oh, I've, I've put my quote in and now there's a problem that I didn't see in the initial quote and they do it anyway. And it's just like the impact of that doing it anyway is scraping all of your profit off the top. Um, and in your case, going into deficit and continuing to go into deficit. Um, and the amount of pressure we put on ourselves to, I don't know, f- not feel like we've failed, you know, I think as guys as well, that's our biggest problem. You know, we got to we got to speak up more, especially around pricing and rejection. It's okay to be rejected. Let people reject you if it's uh, if there's not enough money to keep your business going and you paying staff and giving back to your clients properly. Um, yeah, but yeah. No, what what you said there is like just the the fear of failure is is a massive thing. Like, because my wife was off work as well, you know, and so she was trusting me to bring home money and build this business and do all that. And so I was too scared to talk to my wife even at nighttime about it because I didn't want mm. her to think I was a failure. I didn't want my mates to think I was a failure because I'd just gone out on business and they were all really excited for me and saying, you know, you're doing so good. But in the back of my mind, I was I was not doing well. Like mentally, I was just drained physically i was burning myself out because i was working so long and yeah it is just that that fear of telling someone i'm not okay i need help here um and for me it came out of that desperation of i can't continue my business i don't have the cash flow there and going and telling someone that i can't do it 
and thankfully he was you know a, a good business owner and had respect for me as a new business owner to mentor me through that and say no we need to fix this because uh, it could have been any other money hungry builder or someone or another client who said all right no worries see you later and that would have been the end of us like but this guy actually sat me down and said no this is how we do it we're gonna get you your money back um even, yeah. and he he said even if the customer doesn't want to come to the table and pay for it i'll pay for it out of my pocket to keep you going because he could see that you know there was a good opportunity for him there to have a good sparky on his team yeah um, so he wanted to keep me going through that and so now we've been doing his work for since six months into my business so four years now i've been doing his houses and we've got a great relationship and anytime i have anything come up on a job i can just go to him about it and he's open and, and honest so yeah, that, that was a, definitely a lifesaver for me. Oh, so good, man. And I, like, I'm really excited about the, you know, the community we've built at the academy so men can be open and it's a safe place and we can, we can say I feel really uncomfortable about this or I'm scared about this and, and that's where you can receive help but not until we accept that we might be wrong or we might be losing and it's okay to say that and it's okay to say that out loud. Um, that you actually can receive the help, you know, and um, absolutely, yeah, it's it's really good that community that we do have in there, especially in the peak performers. That community when we are, you know, seeing each other a couple times a week in the energy calls, and you know, in in uh, all the sessions that we have, you start to build relationship just in that group chat, and then afterwards, you know, you might click with someone in the group chat, and you'll message them afterwards, and then immediately just start to form a bond. So I've got about a dozen of the guys that I'm messaging privately in in the uh in the peak performers program just because a lot of them are in the same boat that i am or was uh you know we've built a lot of relationship and um there's been a couple of times where where the guys that i went through the incubator with as well because we built such a good community in our incubator those guys are my rock now as soon as i need anything at all whether it's technical whether it's personal you know i i've got someone there that i can message and i'm not afraid to anymore like they, cause they're in the same boat I am. They, you know, might've been going through the exact same issue, whether it's personal, whether it's business, the, you know, last week and they've got an answer for me. Um, yeah. it's yeah. I, the, the difference that it made just, uh, just joining the Academy, let alone going through incubator and peak performer has been incredible. Like mm. I never thought I would have bought a brand new car and now I've got two, like you know, I'm on the verge <laughs> of buying my third one. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I never thought I'd build a house and I'm, I'm building my first house now and uh, we're already planning our next one because we're all of a sudden we've had this massive cash flow boost. And yeah, so it's that mental <laughs> boost of uh, the community has done a mental boost for my life. You know, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. So cool, man. And how's that, how's that further impacted onto your relationship with your wife and your kids and, and your friends and stuff like that as well? Yeah. So the, I was at a point, even still, like I would say six months ago, I was still just too invested in my business. I was just spending every waking minute thinking, doing, I was always, you know, something was ticking over in my brain about the business and I just could not switch off. And I was still just scared that I, you know, if I wasn't there, the business wouldn't run. Yeah. Um, but in the last six months, I would say it's the peak performers group that's done it. Um, has just given me a massive mental shift of realizing that I don't need to be there every day. Um, I don't need to be at every job. I don't need to be involved because I can pay guys to do that for me and they're still making the money so that we can keep the doors open. Um, and so I would say six months ago that I was, I was at a really strained relationship 
with my wife because I was not a present father. I was not a present husband. Um, my kids weren't seeing me. I would see them for maybe a half hour and then I'd put them to bed and then I'd go back to the office and keep doing my paperwork. Um, yeah. So because of that now with my mental shift, I'm making sure like I'm, I'm actually scheduling in a knockoff time for myself and saying, I'm not doing anything else in between these hours. Even if I'm going back to the office after my wife goes to bed, I'm making sure I spend at least two hours with my kids before they go to bed. Then I'm going to have dinner with my wife. We're going to talk about our day. If she wants to go to bed, you know, I, and I still need to keep working. She's happy then. Cause she's had her time. I've yeah. had my time. And, you know, usually I end up going to bed as well because I feel relaxed. I feel switched off and I haven't thought about the business for three, four hours and, and yeah. it's a lot better. So um, I'm still like, obviously I still fall back into it when we get busy, especially this Christmas period, you get sucked back into it so quickly, but now I've got a schedule running and I've given my wife control of my schedule as well. So she'll hold me accountable if I'm not making the time that I say I will. Yeah. Um, awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting so much better. And, and so my next target now is to rebuild my relationship with my mates. Cause I was so invested that I don't even, you know, I haven't talked to some of my best mates for six to 12 months because I've yeah. just been too busy. And so they stopped reaching out. So that's my next personal goal is to rebuild my personal relationships and, and actually take time off and, and be me again, you know? Yeah. So. Oh man. So, so good. So good, man. And I, you know, that you, those moments will never go away. Like I still have them where it's just like, fuck, fuck what's happening. And then, You've got to, you'll have those moments, but the cool thing is you've learned the strategies and the techniques to come back to the place where you need to be to execute and get back on top and, and to win again, like to get back on top of where you were before. Um, and once you learn those strategies to come back, that's what you need to know. Like, otherwise it's just by chance or reactivity or luckiness that you got back, you know, but um, yeah, I just, it's still everyone will always feel them as long as you're growing if you're still pushing to grow you're always going to feel those pains but like i say it's better to grow upwards than you grow horizontally and flat so many people grow and still have those feelings when you're growing flat or down you know you're still the exact same feelings those low those low points but we can do it growing upwards as well on an upward trend absolutely it's all about doing a schedule for me like everyone has their own tactics but I'm, I'm not an organized person. Uh, I'm not like, if you looked in the, but I mean, you can see from the backseat of my youth, I'm not an organized person, but I like <laughs> things to be organized. So one of my biggest weaknesses was organization and scheduling and, you know, all of those things. So I started putting things in place to better that and start practicing scheduling and start doing it. And I'm getting so much more done. Like I'm not just fart assing around trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing for my day. Like I've actually got a schedule. I know when I need to be at my next job, I've got, you know, my wife is, is onto it as well. And she's putting all my personal appointments in like doctor's appointments or anything like that into my schedule and holding me to it. Um, yeah, so good. and it's, and it's all about just practicing it and scheduling it in and, and making sure that you actually do it. Cause yeah, you might be stressing out and freaking out that your, your business isn't going to run when you get there, but what's, what's the point of you doing it if you're not living still like, yeah, you can't take all of these things with you when you die. So you may as well actually live your life now, have a bit of fun, you know, spend a bit more money than what you're freaking out about and, and actually have a life while still running a business. That's the whole idea that everyone starts a business so they can have a lifestyle and then they get so sucked into it. So yeah, yeah it's, it's all about the strategies of overcoming your weaknesses. Um, and for me, yeah, scheduling and organization was a huge weakness. So now that we've got that running for the last couple of months, it's a huge turnaround. We love it. Yeah, super proud of you, man. You've done so well. 
Um, so you were saying before we got on the call that you've been doing some social media posts recently and you had one of the, who, who reached out to you? Bosch. So Bosch, Bosch Tools out. reached Tell out. Yeah. Um, so for a while there, I was just doing some social media like on Instagram primarily, just posts about my day. Um, instead of just trying to do it as like running my business page as a sales tactic, I was running it as more of like reaching out to other trades and, and other people and posting just about how I do things like on a job like tips and tricks. And, and I guess my target audience was more trades and suppliers over, um, uh, over customers on my Instagram page because I wanted to build a network and I wanted to build a relationship and there's no one else in this area that seemed to be doing that. And so I just wanted to stand mm. out a little bit and I started to get a fair bit of a following for a while there. And so then out of the blue Bosch blue messaged me and said, Hey, we've got a new hammer drill range coming out. Do you want to, um, do you want to promote it for us? And I was like, Oh yeah. All right. Why not? You know, I said, how much is the drill? Where do I send the money to? And they said, no, we're sending you one for free. You, you just have to hashtag it and promote it on your page a little bit more. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. That's, that sounds good. Um, and then COVID hit and they messaged me and said, Oh, we, we can't get to our factory at the moment. So we can't actually send you the drill, but it's still coming. It's still coming. And I, I'd completely forgotten about it. And then two days ago, it turned up on my doorstep with yeah this drill and, and a little instruction manual on uh, on how to promote them so now i've got this brand right. new hammer drill with a vacuum <laughs> and uh yeah and and now i've got to do a few posts on social media but free stuff for uh, for just running my business is is always awesome so <laughs> amazing do you have it there do you have the drill there uh, i actually don't i've actually oh. just given it to yeah I, i'm real sorry i said i'd have it and then and then i did yeah awesome but what car are you in now are you in your ute or you yeah i'm in my new ranger got my new Show ranger us. on all right, here we go. <laughs> so let me let me flip the camera here. Yeah. So this is the range now, brand new. Oh, um, I love that canopy at the back. Yeah, so the canopy is just a cheapie that I just got bolted on, but I decided to set it up. So I've got a separate box here. This is my fridge box. Um, yeah. So it's the dog box, but I've got all my fridge and my lunch and everything in there. So that's got all my 12 volt power supplies going in there and everything else. So yeah, still getting set up. In there too? Uh, it's still going? getting set up, so that's next. So I've only you're going to put uh, that in there too. Yeah, so all along that back headboard along there, there's all going to be all the battery chargers and everything. Um, and then in this side, I've got all the pack out side of it. So I packed up in a rush to get to my uh, to my podcast, but this is how we run out of this ute. So on the back there, I've got one of the pack out trolleys, and that's got all of oh, my. Oh man, your Bluetooth in your car's taken over, I think. Oh, hang on, sorry, man. It said Mitsubishi Audio connected. <laughs> Mitsubishi? I don't have a Mitsubishi. Screen. What's going on there? I don't. Is that better? Are we settings. back? Bluetooth off. Oh, are we back? <laughs> Sorry, man. Technical dippies. Are we back now? Oh, that's no, me. That's me. Aha. Uh -huh. You there? I was going to say, yeah, I'm here, man. Are you still Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I saw, because we're, we're in, yeah, we're in Perth with a, I was like, that's so funny because we're in Perth at the moment and um, I was like, oh, Mitsubishi Audio Connected came up on my screen and I don't have a Mitsubishi. So I was like, oh, that, I was like, Brendan, your Mitsubishi Audio is connected. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, he's going to come back in a second. He's going to and then I'm like talking through it and I'm like, hold on, it's a ranger. 
<laughs> so oh, that's the fucking rental was, car. So the rental car's going my wife just out drove for off. A that's hilarious. <laughs> I was freaking out. I'm like, I don't have a Mitsubishi. What's connected on my end? That's great. All right. We'll go back to my tour, shall we? Yeah, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So so we run pack out all over this side. Um, so uh, I, I like to run pack out boxes because I've got one of the trolleys at the back corner there. So essentially, anytime I get to a job, that's got all of my air conditioner stuff. Yeah. Um, that So I get to a job and I can just unpack whatever box I need. So this has got all, you know, conduit fittings. This has got all my screws in it. This has got all my power tools in it. And I'll just chuck anything I need on the trolley wheel into the job. Away we go. This is just my everyday bag with drills and screwdrivers, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I was just doing an air con before I called and I chucked it all in there real nice and messy so that I could get back and get down to the swimming lake to give you a good, a good uh, podcast. And a good um, view. That's it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we've got the ladder rack on the roof, which I still got the conduit tube to come, but yeah, I'm absolutely stoked. Like it's a, it's a, it's not top of the range. It's just one of the range of sports, but for, for me coming from, you know, my parents have never bought a new car. Um, they've never come from money. So the fact that I've now got two brand new cars is just, it's blown my mind completely. So, <laughs> what, yes. what do you think? What do you think of for signage? Have you thought through that? Have you got oh, already? I, I've got a Ranger, but my other one, it just has my logo, like just on the door here in my number and it's, it's not real flash. So yeah. for this one, I'm trying to do something a bit better. And I was thinking, I've seen a lot of the ones that have like the half, the decal going up the side, like right up the canopy like oh, that. An angle, yeah. Big, yeah, I'm thinking something like that, but I'm going to take it down to the experts and get them to uh, to do me up some designs because I want this one to look pretty flash. And then yeah. I'll get my new transit to match it once we've worked it all out. So then I'll have four branded cars on the road and, um, yeah, we'll be looking a bit better then. So, yeah, so <laughs> pretty cool, stoked. Man. I got the transit in the same color as the Ute as well, so I'm swapping all the cars over to these grey cars. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just going to look sweet as when they're when they're all on the road and cruising around in, in a dark grey rather than the white that everyone else has. Yeah, will man stand out yeah. for sure. Nice bright yeah, blue, it's be sweet, cream electrical. That's it. Awesome. Hey man, uh, we'll wrap it up there. I really appreciate your time, dude. I'm loving loving your story. I'm so happy with where you're at today. And where you've come from and that you're feeling so, you know, empowered right now and in charge and dominating. So yeah, super yeah. proud of you, man. Keep it up. Thanks, man. It's been a it's been a wild ride and it's it's only going up from here. So imagine what twenty twenty is gonna be like. Oh you mean twenty twenty one? It is twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Imagine that's what it, that's mate. gonna it's- be like. <laughs> in the last six months, I've put two guys on and I've increased my uh, monthly turnover by 10 grand um, each month. So, yeah, if that keeps up, then by the end of 2021, it's, I'm, I'm going to be franchised. I'm going to have people all over Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyone's um, response electrical in Perth, I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, bring it. <laughs> Sweet, man. No, good talking cool. to you, mate. Thank you. You too. Thanks for your time, man. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Cheers.